podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. This is the Good Brothers. I'm Justice Raji. I'm Majestic. And um, we're going to get into this week's discussion. So, um, newsly God, I, I was processing of what would be a good thing maybe to center on. And where I would land it, I had a general idea of food. Um, so, I'm going to start off with a question. Like, right now, you know, like, strictly for comfort. Like, what is a preferred meal for you right now today? Oh, man. That's a interesting question. Um... You know, like, it's interesting through this time, you, one of the things you get to recognize, even in, in a city like Pittsburgh, you, you realize, um, well, stuff is closed, how much you don't have access to. You know what I mean? Like, you really get to, you get to, to, to dig it. Um, so I would say for me, a comfort is really, would really be breakfast food. So like, vegan vegan waffles, vegan pancakes, um, just egg, you know, giving y'all a shout out. So maybe y'all be ready to uh, put some money on this when we take this to another level. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm still one of them kids that that breakfast, breakfast at night, breakfast, you know, for dinner. Breakfast, type breakfast, of, yeah, yeah. Breakfast yeah. dinner is, was still the move. So I would say if there's anyone I could pick, um, transitioning as transition off of fish fried fish was to play but then yeah it's a transition off of that that so i would say like a vegan breakfast type of move what about yourself um well i mean i mean some days it would be um like still often uh fish i mean i, I don't i don't actually eat Really, I don't. I don't eat that much fried fish at all. I don't because I don't cook. I don't cook fried fish very mm. often because because I like it, but it's like the whole fried reality. Yeah, it's like yo, I can't be out here frying stuff and all this oil all the time and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, and then it just it's sometimes I'd rather go get somebody else fried fish real good than me have to clean it up and all. Yeah, that. and put try put that oil in the. Right, so you can see it and watch it get darker. <laughs> yeah, man, like it's too much. I would say right now, some of the things one of the I guess I like I like makes plantain, you know, with the plantains or the platanos. You know, if you, if you say the Spanish as far as Spanish as I got. Yeah, all right. Telling the world, in case anybody think I make fun of the of the third of the uh, the Romance languages. Um, the you know some some uh black beans, and then you know either any whatever the protein that's deliciously available 
of that's usually marinated in some way. So that could be anything from like that Escovich we had down in Durham. Yeah. Um, you know, to jerk chicken, you know, to um, any of the vegetable alternatives that you could prepare, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and piece in there. You know what I mean? So like, marinate. Uh, that's right. Yeah, because it's the marinate, you know what I mean? And then that comes with the, with black beans and, and plantains and, and maybe some rice, not too much rice, like a little bit of rice maybe, but really the beans, like them three, if I'm just like, I want to eat something that feel good, like like you use a kid, you'd be probably, you was the only child, so you may not have had to deal with this. But you got to be protective of your plate. <laughs> so it's like you, you almost got one arm around the plate. Right, right, right. right. The other arm. Eating like, like you in jail. <laughs> like you fight behind this. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody, if you got older cousins, older siblings, they ate theirs too fast. And they start looking at yours. It's like, you're not eating none of this. This is mine, man. Um, those are things that uh, resonate with me in terms of, you know, comfort, like a comfort just just for the like, man, I'm about to eat this and I'm going to like lay out and watch something or, you know, I might take a nap. Um, right now, at least. Because, um, you know, I, I like to cook and, um, you know, I like the reality of uh, the importance of gathering around food, you know, personally, um, but then also sometimes socially, you know, and professionally. And in the midst of things, it, it was getting me to thinking like, um, you know, I cook, you know, regularly and all that, but being in this situation the last, you know, eight weeks or whatever, it's been like, yeah, you know, we really gotta like I, I had to get like back to really like, yo, what are we gonna cook? All right, I'm gonna cook this, you do you know, you do that. What's the plan? Um, how has the sort of limitations of like, well, I just wanna grab something, I'm gonna go over to so and so's. Like, how has that impacted sort of y'all your day to day experience? Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's one thing that definitely came out of this when you're really thinking about, like, what are you eating? And so much of your schedule is defined, so much of your eating is ends up being defined by the schedule that you're on, right? So if you're like, all right, well, I'll go somewhere after work. So I'm just going to grab something after work at this place where we're going to go grab a drink or I'm going to go to dinner over here or, I mean, you know, let me eat this because I had a late lunch or early breakfast, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so much of this is defined by the activities. And so when you can step back and everything is not defined by your activities, eating is like totally different, right? Like it slows everything down, right? It, it makes you recognize what you're taking in for sustenance, but then also like, okay, like what am I going to do? It, it actually has you be more purposeful. So I, I think I will come out of this much more purposeful around food. Um, because you get to recognize the importance and the role of it and you don't you don't miss it like sometimes you can get to work and you had something in the morning and it might have been after you worked out or then you just drink coffee and tea because you're getting through meetings that are boring and then you're like oh i need to grab something to eat then you're thinking of your choices you know you know what i mean so it just it, it's not as purposeful um yeah so I think coming out of this, it's much more purposeful. Another interesting thing, as you said, I just thought about like, and I, I know we'll talk about this, was um, I was in Miami um, last year and I went to this place and they, you know, they have this, the Creole breakfast, whatever have you, like sort of the infamous like Creole breakfast, and they made it like a vegan Creole breakfast. So they had the black beans, they had like the jackfruit, um 
it was like a kale salad, like a small kale salad on the side, um, the, like just egg. Man, it was it was so simple and so good. So when you just talked about like the platanos, the beans, and you know whatever kind of protein, it makes you recognize like how good food can be so simple, but then how food and culture are so intertwined. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, just that breakfast has really stayed with me. You know what I mean? Just in the simplicity, but also kind of like the takeoff of the Creole breakfast, but knowing that those flavors went together. It was, it was amazing. Mm. That's something I think is, um, it got me thinking that was one of the other thoughts I had about this uh, conversation tonight. Is like the, cause we've eaten like food plays prominently in a lot of our like travel stories, not so much from the, like we was with like, I guess in a sense, we're not like foodies in the like, oh, let's go to, you know, Zanzibar. Right, right, right. Whatever. But like food in the sense of like our misadventures, because I I would say, and you let me know if you feel this is really true. I don't think at the time we started our different journeys with, you know, moving away from meat and, um, you know, really being super conscious around what we're eating. That the the mean position where vegetarian veganism sits now um in the global i'm gonna say the black community i don't i don't think that that was i don't think that was what we thought it would be <laughs> like right. i think it's much more open now like more for people there's more people that are at least very verbal about it um yeah you, i mean remember, it, 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 yeah yeah do you remember like some of the uh unexpected like food we found, you know what I'm saying? Either going up top, um moving well, around, yeah. around Portland, uh, Pittsburgh in the day. Yeah, I think it was an interesting, I think, you know, in that sense, identifying new foods was also a part of getting the knowledge of yourself. You know what I mean? I think it's it's actually a part of it. Because one, you become aware of a global experience, right? And often we're, we, we suffer from the standard American diet, right? So we suffer from here's food and, you know, some of us may have different backgrounds and different cultures, which means somebody might eat jerk chicken or they might eat, you know, collard oxtails and, you know what I mean? So you add that in, but it's still kind of like this, what I'm going to call the basic black diaspora diet, okay. <laughs> which is like, you know what I mean? Is, is, is her shit. And then it's like, yo, let's go get some oxtails or let's go get some jerk chicken. You know what I mean? And, and, or like, you know, uh, patties. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> that's when you was living, you was doing your thing when you was doing that, right? Like, yeah. my pop used to, uh, it would be like every Tuesday or something. And every Tuesday, without fail, we'd go to this restaurant called Uhuru, Uhuru on 52nd Street. And it would be like, you go in there and get the oxtails. You know what I'm saying? It would be like just that experience that you go into a West, uh, a Caribbean or West Indian restaurant. You know what I'm saying? But that was the basic contours of the standard Black diaspora diet, right? And so I think it was a couple of things that were the experiences for me. One was when we started to engage um, Indian food. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And really starting to engage Indian food and being part of like acknowledging that 
world of cooking and the world of those spices and the world of those things um, was a huge thing. I think us being on the college campus also helped or not us being on the campus, but us being around the campus. Yeah. Because we had way more access to different foods, right? Then you may have, especially at that point, another part of the city. Um, yeah. Another one was Middle Eastern food or Mediterranean food, depending on your, your, your kind of political perspective. Yeah. Um, that was also big, right? Because you get exposed to different spices. You get exposed to different kind of sandwiches. You get exposed to, you know what I'm saying? And these things were like really opening up the vantage points that we had while getting knowledge. So, so you're getting knowledge and you're learning about all these other cultures and all these things and the degrees and the lessons. Then at the same point, you're eating from those places, you know? Yeah. So the trucks that, you know, uh, you might add on the length about it. I think the trucks played a really big thing too, the food trucks on campus. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the, 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 especially the, I mean, these for me, like I knew, it, like I knew these other foods existed, but they weren't convenient. <laughs> like growing up in the in Willowboro, like there was cheesesteaks, there was uh, pizza joints, there was like a seat, like place where you could get seafood. You know what I'm saying? And there was like all the you know the requisite chains and other stuff around. There was off and on again, uh, Caribbean spots. You know, sometimes they was open, sometimes they wasn't. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then the, and then, you know, what I mean, then it was like you would see other, you know, oh like oh, that's Indian food. I wonder what that's wonder what that is. But it's like that shit is on one thirty between some stuff that my mom ain't pulling over to <laughs> to go on no adventure to figure out if we could eat there or not. You know what I'm saying? So that was actually one of the things um about being at on campus uh, uh early on is sort of the like the 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 dampers you know what I mean the 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 bumpers that would keep you away from trying certain stuff uh were available um but I remember specifically you know you you realize that other food is not structured the same as sort of the way that like kind of standard American and especially standard uh you know I don't say African American say African American but the standard sort of American diet which is like you know meat side item side item you know what I mean like usually like potatoes rice um and then like a vegetable and then something spicy you know right. or, or not spicy you know what I'm saying or a sauce of some of some sort and then it's like other foods it's oh it's like a dip or it's it's stuff with like eat it with bread or like it's it's, it's you know it just it was structured in a a different way um which you know it's reflective of those cultures um the, the 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 note I had down here it was though is what do you think um for you is there anything that you think had made you because cause I knew I meet a lot of people now and I mean like, I remember a lot of people even then when we was doing you know kind of venturing out and these other things who still had that like ooh I don't know if I can eat that like you know what I'm saying that like not because it's I don't know, not because it may not taste good, but almost like it's icky. I'm scared to eat it. Like, do you think there's something in your own experience that kept you from having that particular dynamic or be a bumper for you? Or um, you know, because when you be having mothers and fathers who went through the 70s, right? I think that stuff kind of be a really interesting thing, like having back to eating in the house and like having pictures of fruit that we didn't eat. 
<laughs> in the house. <laughs> like, it'd be pictures of shit on the walls. It'd be like, well, we don't eat that, but obviously in 1979, when my mom was doing her thing and making all kind of, you know, stir fries at the house, you know, I'm <laughs> sure this was kind of the thing that she would have there. But again, I can think it goes into, like, I was defining with the schedule, right? Like, you might have a group of people that's, like, trying different things, eating different things, and then it's like, all right, well, I got to go to work every day or I am grow out of that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's an interesting concept, concept of the history of Black folks and vegetarianism, um, you know, kind of like the conversation we was having in some ways, like going back to the Seventh-day Adventists, you know, um, and then during the 70s, people adopting different dietary habits. But by the 80s, it's like you get into the workforce, you get into life, and you kind of going by the system. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was interesting. We, I remember a couple times going with family and, like, going to eat at places where, like, everything didn't have a whole bunch of sauce on it <laughs> and being like, uh, man, this is weird. Like, we would go to, like, this health restaurant on 36 <laughs> at uh, the 36 in Walnut. And it was in the International House, which was where the International stu- students would stay to go to, P- um, to Penn, right? So, you know, and it was place was called Eden actually. So you would go, and then you would get like teriyaki chicken. But it wasn't like teriyaki chicken like how the Chinese still do it. It was like teriyaki chicken, like chicken cooked with teriyaki spices <laughs> in a ter- in a light teriyaki sauce, and like <laughs> some some stalks of broccoli and like brown rice, right? And like a a, a, a tea with no sugar, right? <laughs> and that would be like. Okay, you know what I mean. So like they would remind themselves to like take go back to that because they knew that was how we should be eating, even if that was not how we were eating. Mm -hmm. And so those things were stuck in my mind when we started to make those transitions. Or the other thing, Patterson's in Philly, the the you know um, long standing they closed now, but the long standing vegan uh, vegan and vegetarian restaurant own black meat and vegetarian restaurant owned by some seven day Adventists in Philly. Um, they would go there for bean soup and things like that. So it would be these hearkening back to these other times, but generally we were in like in the traditional system of eating. So when we started to make some transitions, I still had a context for acknowledging that. And then I think we were, because we were trying to evolve in all ways so fast and made it easier to start to also try to evolve in the context of food. To me, my, um, my reference point for like, you know, what, what, at least, you know, growing up in the eighties was like, you know, health food eating or what they would call it. Like that kind of reality was my uncle Bob, you know, it was my pops people. One love uncle Bob. Man, he's out, he's out uncle there. Bob. He's out there kicking it. Um, and he used to, uh, my pop pass, you know, we'd go spend a night, you know what I mean, take us for the weekend, we go do, like, man shit, you know what I'm saying, play tennis, yeah. <laughs> take us to the gym and shit, you know what I'm saying, it'd be like, steam rooms, all kinds of <laughs> racquetball shit like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, guys, like, you know what I mean, just sweating, you know, I'm like, I guess I'm just supposed to be in there, just everybody sweaty with towels on and shit, fuck it, <laughs> and, uh, you know, work out, and so then, 
He makes like buckwheat pancakes and shit, and mm-hmm. fucking just boil some okra and just give it to you. Like, oh, it's okra. It's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was from like an athletic training perspective. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, you know what I'm saying? If you need to lose some weight, you know what I'm saying? You make the cabbage soup. You know what I'm saying? You make you this cabbage soup. You hook that up. You eat that for the week. And then you lose the weight. You know what I'm saying? Like that uh, kind of old school, you know, you know, like that angle. You know what I'm saying? On like alternative ways of approaching food um, and stuff to avoid. You know what I mean? And and stuff all to to do. And then and then the whole piece where I don't know if you remember, but the time frame where it was basically like if you reach for the salt, if with certain black men, they would look at you like you was, you know what I'm saying? Like you oh, was hell a vampire yeah. or some shit. Like hell what yeah. you gonna do with that salt, brother? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that 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 holdover from those mentalities. You know what I mean? That like, yeah, come on, you don't need all the salt in that, brother. You know it's, it's good. It's good just as it is, man. It tastes, yeah, it tastes just just taste the food for what it is, brother. I'm trying to put everything on it. I'm like, I want some salt on this, man. This shit dry, man. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so, um, here's one for you, though. I was thinking about. So what? If you can jog your memory, because I got one. What's one of the best unexpected plates of food, you know what I'm saying, we've found together in our travels that you can Oh man, that's easy. This one is easy and it's an interesting context of culture in a lot of ways. 1999, me, you and Alice Bill, we went down to DC for that like the documentary that was coming out. Uh-huh. I remember my uh-huh. mom had put us on. Yeah. And and uh the brother Eve's like pop was the he it was a sister and then Eve's pop, I guess it put my mom on that this was happening or something, you know, kind of Philadelphia shit. So yeah. like she was like, yo, y'all need to go down and y'all doing your music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Y'all need to go down there and make a hookup. You know, hooked up with Eve, right? Like so <laughs> so you know what I mean? We, we ran we ran down, uh, made the run, did it, and then um we went to U Street to go get something to eat. And we went to Islamabad. Mm. And uh, Islamabad was on the corner of 14th and U. And this was 98, 99 D.C. So, you know, it was kind of old D.C. Yeah. Like, it was downtown locker room over there. And, you know, the block was still the block. Like, it ain't like now where, like, you know, it, it just, it's just not the same, right? Um, this was 99. So, for me... That was because we went and got, they had the bread, and the bread was so soft. Man, a lot of good vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I forget if it they had fish, but I know we eat yeah, vegetables. they had the fish. They had the, that little, um, little fried that was already, you know what I'm saying, you could get the, you could get one if you wanted or whatever. Gotcha. I remember getting some. Yes. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? So that that place was um, really, because a, a, it, it was like, that was the other thing. It was like Islamabad, so it wasn't like, the other Indian food we was eating, yeah, you know what I mean, because yeah. they had the the oven and the vet and the and the fried fish a certain way. You dig what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what really stuck out to me about that. So I got to see kind of the more, hmm, I don't know. I think a lot of, not to go too deep into a rabbit hole here, but a, most of the context of what we have for Indian food is really Punjabi food. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so. Yeah. You know, when you yeah, know that, it's like you go places and you're getting peas and that tomato sauce and, and kormas. And, but then when somebody like, yo, here's some greens, a piece of fish, and a piece of bread. Right. <laughs> and like this is like 
Yeah, <laughs> really, right. And it's like, oh shit, okay. You know what I'm saying? So that was um that would be the one that specifically I know that we had a unique experience around food that connected to a broader unique experience. So the one I had in mind was when we found the uh halal Chinese food spot. Oh, in man. Yeah, because it because I mean, I, as far as I was concerned, I we we was just trying to find a place to eat. Like I don't think anybody had any idea. Oh, the one on Fourth Ave. You talking about the one yeah. on Fourth Ave? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah that we turned. Been? It was either that or it was um, might have been a family day, Medina family okay. day. Okay, okay. And we 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 turned, and it was like, oh, well, let's. No, I think it was Show Proof. I forget why we was, you know, we was we was doing. We no, because we was in Medina. <laughs> we was in because we was in Brooklyn. For those who was in Brooklyn, because we was because the um the the picnic was over there. Yeah, Ooh, the picnic was over year. there in the park. Yeah, so okay. the picnic, yeah, the picnic was in the park. So we and we went. So yeah, when we was pulling out to head. I think we was gonna go. I think we was gonna go back to the hotel, like to chill up for a minute, then come back over or whatever. Right. And we turned the corner and it was like, well, I mean, you know, we in New York, gotta be some food somewhere. And it was like, we turned another corner and turned the corner. I was like, allow Chinese food. What's that? <laughs> like we pulled up and it was, um, you know, it was exactly what Sai said. It was all sorts of, you know, plates and you could get it with tofu. You know what I'm saying? You had to get it with meat. And they had, uh, I think I got the coconut something or I want to say I got coconut something. I remember broccoli and coconut milk, and it was delicious, and it was unexpected. And it wasn't it wasn't overly priced either. I mean, I Wait, it was so this price. is the buffet. You're not talking about the other John. You talking about the? Is it was this a buffet or or? No, no, no. You had to order. They had like a you know they had it was a blue and white sign, and they had uh you could you know it was basically like the, some of the stuff you would maybe find like uh in a corner store ish kind of. You know, right, right. No, okay, you are, you are talking about the Chinese, one on the floor. Ethnically back. Chinese from yes. Malaysia. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really like you know the food we associate with American Chinese food. It was like similar, but it was really more uh, Southeast Asian. Right, 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 style, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was all halal, and they had vegetarian stuff. And then if they had meat, it was halal. Yeah, halal. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the that's the infamous spot too, because a lot of people. You like did so there's there's that spot and then there's a couple spots deeper in Brooklyn that are usually around mass jids that okay. are open around the time of prayer. Okay. And uh, they would have halal buffets. So you go in and like you could just choose whatever. You'd call like no pork or my fork or whatever. Uh, and right, right, right. so they have like two different kinds. Yeah, but no, man, that um that spot because they because they also did fish they would do like a lightly fried fish and then they would do curry sauce over top of it with the rice yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. you know we out here eat um so you know in the 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 thing that I was the salient kind of point I was thinking about was you know when you learn how to to get your needs met you know diet wise because I think the the thing I most often hear from people um. You know, if there's a, a discussion about like, oh, I'm not, I'm gonna stop eating meat. It's like, man, what you gonna eat though? How you gonna, how you gonna live? You know what I'm saying? And and like veiled in that is is a is a comfort piece. Is a like, how can I order? You know what I'm saying? Something to eat somewhere and make sure I'm gonna get something that tastes good. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, the food combinations. And it's also sort of just the you know the social stigma. Um, what do you? 
in your, you know, because you, you, you know, normally, if if outside was open, you know, your professional requirements would be require some traveling and moving. What do you think um, has helped you? What is something that goes into your thinking when you're trying to plan, like for travel, mobility wise, but still to meet your dietary needs? Like, what is some of the stuff you do? So that's a, that's an interesting question because I think it's been a lot different over the last five years. Um, vegan eating has become your so ubiquitous whether it's whether it's like places that have access to plant-based foods right because you know mm-hmm. it's one thing to be like yo we just got plant-based foods we don't call it vegan it's just these things these three things you want them fine right mm-hmm. and then there's people who are usually mimicking some sort of other kind of food usually some comfort food in a vegan way right mm-hmm. Those things have become so big as plant-based eating and alternative stuff has ramped up that for me, for the most part now, to your point, like it's a really interesting experience to eat in a plant-based way in different cities because you start having these different, you start having these different experiences because it's like UK, let's say we in Chicago, it's like, all right, now you go go down to Soul Veg. Okay, so you head down to Soul Veg, and like this is a very interesting experience you have at Soul Veg in the middle of a you know majority black neighborhood on the on the south side. You know what I mean? Where you go get your plates, and you might see everybody. You might see politicians. You might see a a cop. You might see somebody hustling a bar owner. You know what I mean? Like just cut this really interesting thing of people eating it because they're advancing health, but also people eating because just because they find it good. Yeah. Right. right. So you have that kind of experience and then you go all the way to like, OK. You might go eat somewhere because it's like a a highly regarded, like four star, like vegan, high concept place. You know what I mean? So I found myself having really different experiences and really in different cities based upon plant based eating that really kind of makes the city a little more open for me. Right. Because a lot of times we'd be like, all right, well, you stay at a you stay at a um a hotel and it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna just go outside and find the first thing to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't ever do that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no such thing as like just go find the first thing. Yeah. It's like, no, okay, I'm out, I'm a week out, week and a half out. <laughs> Where are the four places I'm gonna eat? <laughs> you know what I mean, when I'm in the city, but that gives me another experience that makes it actually a more fulfilling time, right? Um, so a lot of it is searches, looking at places I may have been, people that may have been to those cities before. And I really use that as a, as a framing for almost like a foodie-ish experience because you're then having to like get around the city and be thoughtful around the culture of a city yeah, yeah. based upon the food. Yeah, I think that's um, I mean, it, it, and that's one something from a skill set wise. Because the crazy thing is, we used to figure this shit out without no, with barely real right. internet. You know what I'm saying? We right. used to, but it was like, yo, you can't use the internet like in the car. You got to use the internet before you leave. Like, all right, let me. <laughs> right. So, so like, I did some reading, and I hear there's a place over here that might have this or that. You know what I'm saying? But once you get there, you gotta, you know, yeah, pop up, it. figure it out, find it. Yeah, no, yeah. like. You know, no, it was it was totally, 
totally different and totally something that, again, you kind of grow an appreciation for the culture of a city um, that I that I have found. You know what I mean? Because there are certain places, especially at like black vegan places mm-hmm. or African American vegan slash vegetarian, or to make me to make a lot of stuff, and they just happen to also make vegan or vegetarian food, right? Plant based food. It's something that tells you about the culture of the place. Um, another example is Simply Wholesome, right, in L.A. Yeah. Right? Like, that is just a unique place in the culture of L.A. across the board. With all the vegan food that's there, right? Like, I will say the best vegan ramen I've ever had is in a place called Ramen Hood um, in Grand Central Market in, in L.A. Like, they had the egg and the whole bit. Man, it was out of control. Um, like out of control. They had the, they had the cold buckwheat ramen. They had the hot. They had the different show you. Oh man, just out of control. Um, oh, but like, um, you know, so like simply wholesome is like really the one of them places that's like the soul of the west side of LA. You know what I mean? And, and them combining culture and food just tells you a story. You know what I mean? Um. And so I think those things are really rewarding. And I think that regardless of what it is, because if you figure, even in the science of food, I'll go, to, I'll go see places that I can't eat nothing in the place. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll go to parts of Chicago and just go look at the restaurant. They got this thing called, um, like, aquarium. Um, they use, where they use, like, aquariums to uh, make barbecue. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I seen. I see. I, I've, I think I know what you're talking about. And so, yeah. really close to um, Soul Veg over on 75th, they got the place where they use the aquariums to make the the barbecue, right? Yeah. So I'll go over there just because that that is just an interesting part of Black culture. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, separate if I eat it or not, that doesn't matter. It's still an experience that I should go have. You know what I mean? So I don't let my personal choices also divert me you know what i mean which i think is difficult for people because i think in a a lot of times people have been forced to be like all right well are you plant-based or not so it's almost like if you're not plant-based then why should you go eat something that's plant-based because you're not versus Mm -hmm. you eat any you eat a whole collective of things this just happens not to have meat in it today you know what i mean but it's not like a big deal right um it didn't like i said conversely even if you're a plant-based person, just acknowledging and, and understanding the history of food um, in our communities, you know what I mean? Often might have you pop up on something and, and doing a knowledge to it, even if it's not how you, how you roll. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, cause uh, when I was drawing this up, I was thinking about, you know, the, um, uh, the early sort of, you know, ideas around like eating alternative things um, or things that are considered alternative or were considered alternative at the time, not necessarily that they are alternative. Um, but the, you know, having a critical consciousness sort of about what you're about to eat, you know, where you're going to put it in, who you're getting it from um, and how that, you know, for like for my kids as an example, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we don't do I mean, I guess now some of the places that they do like to eat are places that 
are in the in the aggregate fast food, but they're not the the fast food anchors, you know, that most people associate with American childhood. You know what I'm saying? Which is Burger King, you know, pardon me, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, and then whatever the rest of the chain is of of <laughs> of uh fast food, you know, burgers and fries, shit like that, Happy Meals, motherfucking uh, right. juice boxes, um, you know, and you know that's intentional. On our part, but also like you know they you know you know we you know diverted you know for different reasons we you know it was like oh we don't eat them foods you know what I'm saying like that there there is a cost to convenience right so if we can and then and then if we can be if we're gonna eat out if we can support a smaller business or somebody that's local or somebody like you know at least there's, there's some 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 rules that we feel comfortable with about where they food come from and try to do that. Um, you know, all while adhering to, you know, to a large, larger dietary laws. But the, like, it, I think it's a good thing in that, like, one, learning how to be discerning, right? Because I think something that makes the, um, your experience, your transition into sort of like how we live now is that discerning, a discerning eye to what we're about to do with our time is is there. So even if it's like, yo, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to this bar in this city, you know, to have a drink and be with the with the black people of this city, not so much maybe to break bread there, right? Right. The food may not be nothing we can eat, but we wanna go be with the people and, and deal with the social equality that, you know, we can we can partake of. You know what I'm saying? So instead of thinking about like where you divert, you're thinking about where you connect. You know what I mean? And that um, some folks sometimes we can be defi- we can find definition in in our in in our derivation from others as opposed to our intersection. You know what I'm saying, and, and where we connect. And I think that the 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 upside of the eight or the you know the more positive side of that is going. Yeah, like if I'm in uh, when we went to Miami uh, all them years ago, and when we was in the bar. Uh, I don't remember. I, I can find it on the map. But you know, oh, uh, you talking about you talking about that bar that was like Cheers, yeah, on, and then across, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then across, the, across the street, yeah, was they had ah. the, the, the taco joint, you know what I'm saying? Taco they had, the they had a yeah. whole cavalcade of different. They had vegetarian stuff. They had not vegetarian stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I remember going in there in terms of something that was unexpected, and I was like, you know, I'm looking at the menu, I'm like, man, how can I? What can we eat here? And like I'm checking in and everybody, you know, and it had something for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was late into the evenings. You know what I'm saying? It was four in the morning or whatever the hell it was. It was tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like that then becomes a connection point as opposed to sort of finding your definition and like, well, I, you know, I only eat at the uh the most prominent of four star, you know, uh eateries. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, if you don't go over there and get you a, a Couple of them tacos and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got a tofu one in there. You know what I'm saying? Get you one of them. You know what I'm saying? Or get you know not just tofu. They had you know, other things. They had seitan. They had they had a, I think they had a black bean something. You talking the the color, the bar is called uh um Club Deuce. Yes. Yeah. Remember because yeah, had yeah. the Cadillac. Dude had the Cadillac for sale. Uh, I think I got a picture of it. You trying to sell that Cadillac? <laughs> Yo, Club Deuce, man. 
club <laughs> dudes was a wild spot, man. Yeah, like was going down club. It was, it was the it was a place. It was like the only thing in South Beach, which was like you weren't on South Beach. It was like you were somewhere else, like you were in some other city or some other part of Miami. Like you know what I mean? Like the people that was in there, the cost of the drinks, the whole bit. I think they have actually closed since then. Like oh, most things in transition. Um, yeah, Max Club Deuce. Yeah, because Anthony Bourdain had went there later after we went. Um, well, at least according to the Google Maps, it's still they still, still open. Yeah, All right, next time I next time I go outside. Next time I go outside to Miami. <laughs> yeah, next time I go outside to Miami. Listen, you be it, it, it be crazy too because you be thinking like how outside just got super closed, <laughs> like 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 super closed. Like you know, what I mean, I would have already had been in Portland for three or four days. I was supposed to go to Minneapolis this month. Like you know, what I mean. Like, it's just closed, and then you'd be like, all right. For me, the biggest thing is going to be, how is the airplane flight going to be? Like, it's going to be be me me making a decision, like, the stuff that I wouldn't care about before, because you know how you become kind of like a road warrior, so you kind of figure out, like, "Uh, I get this. You know, if I get on this flight at this time, I usually get this kind of seat. You know, you start playing the odds, right? Yeah. But after a global pandemic of a of a virus that spreads in constantly mutating ways, it's kind of like the stuff that was before where, you know, you would help somebody put their bag up, right? <laughs> Are you right. going to help them put their bag up anymore? <laughs> like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, just fault breathing. Hey, how you doing? All right. Like, you're just not going to all that kind of stuff on a plane is going to be way different. Yeah. Um, but. Miami is uh, kind of one of the places I do want to get when the outside open back up. Yeah, man. Um, with the, because uh, I was thinking about like, you know, do you think sort of the, because food and drink are a big part of um, travel. You know, it's a big part of travel. It's a big part of business travel. There's a lot of, of social interaction and networking that centers around, you know, the exchange of food and you know, even if you're only eating lightly, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're only, you know, teetotaling or just having, a, you know, coffee, you know what I'm saying? That's why I always, when I text people, when I travel other places or anywhere and say, hey, man, you want to get a beverage? Because I'll be trying not, you know, mm. I'll be like, you know, I don't want you to feel like I, you got to have alcohol. No, that, that's, <laughs> like, that's, 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 that's a really positive way not to stress people out, man. Yeah, I mean, I try to put that out like, hey, man, whatever sort of beverage you partake of so that we have a reason to sit, you know, converse for some time and, you know, and connect. Um, how do you think, you know, how much is that going to change, like with all of this? At least in the short term, because I because I should yeah. say for me, I think the biggest changes will be short term. I mean, unless this, you know, the circumstance where it could take a couple years, but I say definitely within two years, unless all of society has devolved due to the the, the massive outbreak of this particular ailment, um, people going to be eating again. It's it's a long human history of. Of of experiencing of bad shit happening, yeah, and then <laughs> finding a way back. So, yeah. but in the short term, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think food and food and culture and all those things are going to. Well, you know, you know, let me take that back. I think in certain spaces it'll be different, in certain spaces it won't. Like honestly, I don't think once outside open back up opens back up, 
New Orleans is going to open back up. Like people are going to just take the take the chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of places in our neighborhoods <laughs> that are going to open right back up. Right back up. They, they they're going to be just like when they left, right? Like, and, and you know, to say nothing, the 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 idea that we're going to have to debate of like you can walk inside a bar with a mask on, that that's a whole other thing, right? Like even if you right. ponder that, like okay, so everybody walks inside, so. Should you really be as close to me to pat me down? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Right? Should you should you be this close to me to pat me down? So you gotta have gloves and a mask on. I gotta have gloves. Yeah. I think yeah. people are going to figure figure their comfortability levels with that kind of stuff out. But I, I do I do think um some of it will change. I think also a lot of restaurants just won't be here. Hmm. Because the the way they ex- have existed was so tenuous, right? So yeah. many people were running restaurants out of the love. They weren't running restaurants because they were like truly successful enterprises, right? Mm-hmm. And this will expose how, if not, if it's not a really successful enterprise, it might not be worth doing. So I do think you're going to see a flattening out. And so with that flattening out, I think there will be some, like you said, short-term changes in behavior. I don't think, to, I agree with you, I don't think there'll be long-term changes. I think there'll be short-term changes in behavior. Um, for me, I mean, to your point, I think it becomes even more important to support mom and pop in small places mm-hmm. because they're going to need it. And if you find yourself in a city for people to get back on their feet, knowing that this is a certain percentage of people who are just not going to come anymore, right? And they could be the cleanest restaurant and the cleanest bar. People are just not going to come because they're scared, right? They're scared. They live with people who get sick, right? Yeah. So this is going to be an existential kind of freeze. Um, but I do think those who can figure out how to pivot and evolve will actually be better off. I think to-go cocktails are going to be a much bigger thing than they ever have been. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see. I think there's a whole industry in to-go cocktails where people go have their own fun and they don't do it in the bar. But they go get the cocktail that you eat in the bar because take it back to the and, take it, and take it with them, or right? To, to the gallery. Or to where they're going, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I wanted this cocktail. They make a really good Long Island iced tea. All right, well, they package it here. Boom, $7. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think those kind of things will be different. So I think you'll see a lot more people doing things amongst themselves, but with food and drink from the places that they think are special. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in, I'm imagining, at least especially for the, from the, like, the... The dynamic between people, like I said, the, the 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 you're going to a meeting or you're doing some sort of business, you know, together, kind of gatherings. That that type of stuff will will for a time will be either very personal, like we're going to have a meal together, like at you know some sort of closed space, you know, what right. I'm saying? where it's a limited amount of people and it's you know it's almost like a damn some kind of you know, other other time and, and space date or, or grooming process or, or uh, what do you call it, a courting and shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, or it'll be very like, 
it's in a very open space and it's kind of like we're just gonna like agree to talk to each other for 40 minutes and then we're gonna spend, <laughs> then we're gonna leave and, and you know go our separate ways you know or, or you know if we have this meeting at all in person if you don't live you know locally um you know and i think people in networks i think it's it's, it's you know I live with a family, you know what I'm saying? So I have, you know, four of us and 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 and, and parents and, and six all together. Um, you know what I mean? And and, and God, yeah, you know I mean, so it's a, a a bubble, you know, that may extend out to seven, eight people. Um at some point, you know, with proper management, a seven or eight people who want to be hanging out with each other, but not hanging out too much with other people. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's gonna be for those that can is, is sort of closing quarters on like, you know, I hang out with these eight to 10 people. I don't hang out with nobody else though. You know what I'm saying? I don't just do the like $2, $2 shot night at, uh, at dingoes and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, <laughs> like shit like that is going to take a beat down. Like, um, you know, uh, the, all of those sort of, you know, structures that have been you know predicated on the idea that you are cool just showing up and being with anybody. But, um, word, 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 word. So, you know, we we getting close. I want to uh close on, you know, something not that. Uh, so we're eating and and thinking about, you know, what would be for you? Because I know you're not, you know, you're not super uh, prepared food, dude. What would be something that you w- would? look to stretch yourself to experience, you know, from a culinary perspective? What's something that you haven't had to had the chance to sort of have on your plate or to have as what you're doing that you, you know, maybe would put on the, like, let's put that on the docket to make that happen in the next year or two. You know, I'm, you know, like I said, you know, interesting. Right before outside closed, I was really into going to different cities and eating at like, the three and the four star like plant-based places. Mm-hmm. So I find myself going to these places that much like you would be looking at magazines and they tell you about these places that produced, you know, this kind of like celeriac that mash and this and you know what I mean? Like a shot of this kind of mushroom soup right at this flavor with this amount of smoked paprika and black cracked black pepper. Like I started doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really into high-end plant-based foods, like really seeing the different flavors and stuff that are not mimicking other things. Mm-hmm. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So much of the industry of plant-based food has become the mimicking of other stuff. So what about you just had a mushroom soup, right? And that's it. It's not a mushroom soup trying to be like anything else, but a mushroom soup that just tastes really good, right? Like, here's a mushroom. Here's a mushroom that somebody barbecued. They didn't barbecue it to be like beef. Right, they barbecued yeah. it because mushrooms hold their own, right? Mushrooms taste good. Yeah, mushrooms taste good. They don't, they're not trying to be chicken. Yeah. And so that's where I really have, like, gone to. And also appreciating gazpachos. Mm, yeah. You know. I made some... Uh... Some 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 some, uh, some some cold soups of that type. Yeah, appreciating those bottles again, like really kind of reframing your palate because your palate can really be heavy sauce and salt based. 
even if you're being plant-based. It's like you're really just like, all right, how much shit can you slather on something, right? <laughs> Versus like, what about you just like, you know, I, even though your, your, uh, your uncle was the man, Uncle Bob was the man for that boiled okra, I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, what about you just tasting cucumbers with a little bit of salt that brings out some other flavors? And that's yeah. it. Like, that's the, that's the thing. Like, and it doesn't have to be a statement. It's just really tasting a plant in its kind of raw form. You know what I mean? Like, it's form. And so that's really where my palate has gone. Um, again, not to say I don't want to enjoy a good, like, vegan California uh, burrito, right? Mm-hmm. I had one today. It was great. Um, <laughs> however, like, you know, really, just really shape, reshifting that palate has really been a thing for me. And a, and then you get it via travel. Again, that's another kind of thing. You get it via travel. Um, there is a place called Apteca here in Pittsburgh that does um, kind of like vegan plant-based. They, they, they do plant-based, 100% plant-based, like kind of Polish and Russian food. Mm. Um. So yeah, so they took all the different recipes and stuff that they would eat in their in their their communities and families, and just like substituted one or two things, or or made stuff that was already like that. Or like if you go to like certain vegan Italian restaurants where you know greens and beans and these kind of different things, like they're already plant. Yeah, it's already yeah, it's already, already stuff yeah. that that you don't normally get. They were peasant food. They were peasant foods. Like yeah. the only thing is literally you take one thing out, right? So that's just really kind of been um been on my mind. You know what I mean? Um Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, I've been like I said this couple of this weeks has had me like, let me, you know, in terms of thoughtfulness and time of getting in my own bag of like Cause I, you know, I can cook, and then you get in a rut, and then like the last, just our our world in terms of responsibilities and time, we've been probably eating out, and or at least you know subsidizing between meals. Subsidizing probably not the right word, but um, you know, filling in the blank when we didn't have a plan for dinner by going, you know, here or getting this, so you get a burrito, or you get a, you know, that. So I've been really looking to get back in my bag with um you know because the thing i learned that made eating good was learn how to layer up um you know different you know so like take some cauliflower uh take uh some sweet potatoes take some beans take uh some kind of greens um maybe you know some other potato or a squash or something else you know what i mean and doing a couple different preparations and then putting that together and then now you got this other meal, you know what I'm saying? And I and I got away from that, you know, for convenience and other stuff. And so, kind of reopening that on the internal level, uh, on the external side is, um, you know, if if we're able to get to Houston, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying there's the cavalcade of um of of foods uh, yeah. across the, the the international spectrum that are available there. I was excited. Yeah. That's one thing, honestly, I was really excited for Houston, too. Like, when you look, when you peep behind the curtain and see how international of a city Houston yeah. is, um, 
Yeah, yeah, we so can that's, that's on my radar. I still we got a ticket. My ticket is still good. I can still fly. Listen, I'm supposed to fly there in still, October. So it's still, and I still got <laughs> listen. Still got a ticket, baby. So we gonna look. we gonna make this happen. You know what I'm saying? Outside, open up. Make sure the the the, the where we stay. Yeah, top top, <laughs> top shape. You know what I'm saying? Tip top shape. Yeah, we do the appropriate level of social distancing. You know what I'm saying? While we there, but um. So that that's on my radar is 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 as a as a as a place in the spaces because I still think that there's something to, um, you know, connecting with a space based on the way you know people eat there and what's available and 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 uh, that to me is more fun than whatever else it is. You know, I know people do other stuff. They pop bottles and they dance. And they do all kinds of. I just want to go and like hang out, see some stuff, and then eat good. <laughs> no, that, the, yeah, be, that, be that's right. I, be with the and, people and, that I love most. So, yeah, that then you came with, but also get that experience that you're talking about. So, no, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. Um, to for that to occur, you know what I mean. So, yeah. you know, uh, whatever Harris County, Houston, Texas, you know, they got a brother down there that's mayor, Sylvester Turner. Y'all get that together so we can get through there. Straight up. <laughs> Go ahead, no, go ahead, no breakouts. Keep it, you know, keep it in hip hop. So keep, keep it tight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Keep that thing strong. Keep it focused, man. You know what I'm saying? Those like so, so, so the brothers, so the brothers can get down there and have, have our convening, man. Indeed. Yes, sir. Right. So with that, I'm a, I'm a. I'm gonna bring us to a wrap and uh thank you again for joining me. I'm Jesse. Oh man, anytime, man. And just like everybody, I'm gonna do what just do this time. Like, listen, man, you you see it, you like it, you share it, you rate it well, you know what I mean? Help us get more people to listen, help us get some more money, you know what I mean? And we really uh really appreciate y'all listening, you know what I mean? So really, you know, ask your old head wherever you follow it, you know. Um, you just I don't know if you tell people where to find it. That's on you. But I'm just saying, wherever you find it, you know what I'm saying? Please uh, check us out, rate it. Let's let people know you like it and share it. Indeed, indeed. Well, you know, I always tell them, you know, you can find us uh, at com. You can just search. Uh, well, right now, if you search the Good Brothers, I'm working on that from an SEO perspective. But, uh, you know, man, search for it. And um, listen, share. And, um, you know, I'm going to actually put a couple videos up about, you know, showing you how to Find podcasts. It ain't that hard, but you know that's the question I get most often. How do I, how do I find that? And I'm like, you know. Anyway, we'll find out when the, when I send the video. But uh, so with that, I'm gonna say peace and thank you for listening to the Good Brothers. Peace, peace, peace. peace. Thank you for listening to the Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic, for joining me once again. The Good Brothers is part of the At Your Old Head network of podcasts, pedigree media, concepts and development. I hope that you'll find in our weekly connection uh, engaging, useful, entertaining, what have you. Please like, subscribe, share, all the above, right there on the At Your Old Head feed. Uh, more to come, more to come. Uh, appreciate you. Thank you to all of you for rocking with us uh, through this challenging time. Uh, We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.